When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, guys, we are back, and I'm not here with Zach today. Zach is taking the day off. You know why? Because I got somebody who is going to help me. Help me in this prospect evaluation process for these running backs joe the fantasy football analyst what's going on man nice it, it must be nice to be back huh it's nice it, for me it is nice it is very very nice the sun is shining it's starting to get a little warmer i'm back on the pod for us so you know that that, that means we're really getting into the offseason at this point like we kind of had a free agency thing we got the super bowl over with there's kind of a dead period where i don't know what to do with my life uh, and then for us, hits me up to go on a podcast. So that's how I know we're getting back in the spin of things. So it, it's great. Yeah, man, it really is. You know, we're not even, we're not at April just yet. We're a couple of days away, but April, that, that means one thing in our world, and that's NFL draft. So we're going to be getting into, as promised, getting into all of the of these prospects, especially when it comes to fantasy football. We're going to focus on the skill positions. And in this episode, we're going to talk running back. So whether Ooh. you don't have any idea about who these running backs are. This is the episode for you. If you have some idea, you might get a little bit more context, uh, you know, about a lot of these prospects. We're going to talk about, you know, which rounds these guys could potentially go in. Go in. We'll talk about, you know, whether they can, they're going to be drafted day one, day two, day three. And as we know, when it comes to fantasy and also when it comes to just the NFL and how they view their investments is, you know, if you're a day three back, you know, you're going to have to overcome some odds in order for you to, you know, really stick on the roster and be a starter. Uh, and obviously that affects fantasy football as well. Um, but be- before we really dive in, I want to introduce this class just overall to our listeners in case they're not so aware, you know, of these running backs, right? So just going through these guys that we have right now, right? You know, day one, you know, you have B. John Robinson, B. John Robinson obviously is like the guy. Right, he, it's almost a guarantee that Bijan gets drafted in the first round. Right, he's a top ten player on the board. You know, of a lot of GMs, that doesn't necessarily mean he'll go in the top ten, considering the running back position. Um, but he's just that talented. Uh, and we'll get back to Bijan. Okay, uh, Jameer Gibbs, potential day one. You know, meaning round one player, most likely day two. You know, probably in round two. You know, for those who, who don't remember, day two of the NFL draft is round two and round three. Um, Zach Charbonnet, you know, pretty much the consensus RB3, uh, but there could be a surprise there, right? Like there's no guarantee that, you know, that he's going to be taken number three. <laughs> Maybe he t- gets taken over Gibbs, who knows? But most likely a day two pick. Um, and then after that, it, it could get crazy, right? Free you got Kendrick, yeah, free for all. <laughs> Kendrick Miller, Tank Bigsby, Dwayne McBride, Roshan Johnson, Tajay Spears, Zach Evans, uh, Devon A. Chain, Kev- Kenny McIntosh, Deuce Vaughn. Like all these guys can go anywhere between rounds three and five. Right, uh, but 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 we want to get into that before we get into it, Joe. Tell everybody where they can find you before we get and get in and dive deep. You can find me depressed at home doing my work, 
staring out the window and wishing that football season was here. But you can also find me on Instagram at fantasy.football.analyst. Um, I like what you said about a lot of these running back prospects, like the top three. And then I, I think every NFL GM is probably going to have a different list when it comes to running backs four through 10. Uh, some running backs, maybe even different at number three, foreshadowing how I feel about Zach Charbonnet. But uh, we'll get to that point. I mean, I would love to hear it. But before we do now, I want to hear, you know, what you think about, you know, the top of this class here, right? Let's, let's start with Bijan. What yep. is there to say about Bijan, Joe? I mean, you know, he's simply that dude. Like, you might agree with me that, you know, he's one of the best prospects that we've seen for several years now, um, maybe since Saquon, you know, maybe probably a better prospect than Jonathan Taylor overall, especially when you yep. consider the receiving game. How are you looking at him? You know, is is the is the hype around Bijan? Is it is it warranted? Well, I'll tell you what, Froz. When I look into all these players, I turn into a caveman in the aspect of I got pen and paper, I got a pros list, I got a cons list, and my pros list is about fifteen times bigger than my cons list when it comes to Bijan Robinson. <laughs> and there's not really much on that cons list. Um, you know, he's got the size, vision, body control. I think that's the biggest thing for him, the way he's able to contort his body and get those extra yards, shed tacklers. Uh, he, he deserves all the hype that he's getting. He can do pass protection. He, he's a great receiver. He's got the production on the ground. Um, and it's again, it's not like he's coming from Alabama. It's not like he's coming from Georgia. He's coming from Texas, which is not one of the top three schools. So uh, especially when you look at running backs and schemes and stuff like that, like Bijan stands out for a lot of those reasons. So it's definitely warranted. Um, he was also the number one high school running back in the country way back when I, and you know, when it comes to college players, I think me and you are the same where it's like, you know, we'll mildly watch some college football, but we're not tuning in every week. We have so much other stuff going on, especially with the fantasy season. So, oh, yeah. uh, but Bijan is a name that I've been hearing for years, even without watching all that college football. So uh, it, it was kind of impending that we would see him coming uh, in the, uh, you know, this year specifically. But yeah, I mean, th there's a lot to like about Bijan. Anything you can think of that you want in a running back, he's got. Pretty much. And and like you said, like my college evaluation process starts in January when the college season's over. <laughs> when the NFL yeah. season's <laughs> over, that's really when it starts for me, you know, and, and I watch a lot, but it doesn't happen before during the college season. So I have a lot of times I have no idea who these guys are until January when I'm like, oh, this guy's pretty good. You know, I mean, yeah. listen, I knew who B. John Robinson was for a couple of years uh, and mainly yeah. because like I knew that he was going to be a fantasy stud. Right. I knew how how good he was as an all around running back. So you knew that, oh, uh oh, there's a bell cow coming at some point. We're going to get another bell cow because we know how rare that is at this point, you know, with, you know, in the NFL. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, Bijan Robinson, you know, he's that dude, you know, like number one in yards after contact last year, number one in missed tackles force last year. Um, and it, if you talk about like just just since 2014, you know, since PFF's data has been around number two since then, since 2014 in missed tackles force per rush. And that's a lot of running backs since 2014. OK, um, and, and as a freshman, too, like he was killing it since a like since he was a freshman, number one in yards after contact per attempt as a freshman. So he's been doing his thing. You know, he's he's declaring early. It's all the signs that you want. And on top of that, he's going to get the draft capital. You mentioned the receiving ability. Like he's not just a capable receiver. Like he's a good receiver. Like especially yep. when you look at all these other backs, there are a couple of 
you know, I would say the receivers that are better than him in this class, you know, probably Jameer Gibbs. Obviously, he's one of the best receivers that we've seen in a long time coming out of the backfield. We'll get to him in a minute. Um, you know, obviously, you have guys like Kenny McIntosh, guys like Evan Hull. And maybe, maybe that's it. Like Tajay Spears, like maybe, but like Bijan is just that dude. Like, you know, it's, you know, he's, he's just, he's just that guy. So at this point, you know, Bijan is the guy like in super flex leagues, you know, it's really hard just to not grab Bijan at this point. Right. Even at the one-on-one, like, are you taking any quarterbacks over him at this point? It's going to depend on landing spots, but the top landing spots, I mean, you know, landing with the Panthers, landing with the Texans aren't exactly eye-opening. You got a guy like Anthony Richardson, who, depending on where he lands, he may not even start his first year in the NFL. So there's still a lot of depending factors, but yeah, it's going to be hard to take anyone over Bijan, even uh, Superflex. I, I think I have a top five, like landing spot independent i would say like regardless okay. of where these guys land. i think Bijan number one i think regardless I, I think a lot of times we we look at the landing spot and we're like all right well that could work out that that can't work out but at the end of the day like if somebody is taking this back out. in the yeah. first round it, it it's going to end up working out because of the talent and because of the fact that that team you know gave up so much and and yep. the opportunity cost you know especially with these good organizations like they know what they're giving up when they're picking picking a running back in the first round they're going to use that guy um you know look at dallas like they've been using zeke up until now even the even with the fact that they have tony pollard there right like that investment has stayed true for how long has he been there now eight years or six years like that, which is longer yeah, than a lot of running backs <laughs> It's been a long time. Okay. Um, all right. So let's move on. I want to move on to Jameer Gibbs. His receiving ability is the best in this class. And he's had, you know, some of the best receiving seasons by a running back, just like overall. Um, in terms of career yards per route run since 2014, number one, Christian McCaffrey. Number two, Curtis Samuel, who, yes, was a running back in college. Alvin Kamara, number three. Gibbs number four. Okay, so that tells you what kind of you company said Gibbs he's twice. In. You know that I did. Did I? I said C- uh, Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, Kamara, and Gibbs. Gibbs was number yeah. Four. You just did it again. Gibbs and then Gibbs. No, Kamara and Gibbs. Kamara. I know they're the same person. Is what I'm saying. Come on, Faraz. <laughs> Come on. Sorry, man. Sorry, man. Yeah, so, like I haven't been on here in a while. Come on. Oh, I get it. I get it. You know what? You know, it's funny, man. Like I was hoping, like the Kamara, you know comp would stick but the only issue here is that you know gibbs is weighing at 199 right now that's where he weighed in at the combine yeah maybe he has a little bit of room to bulk up a little bit he hasn't done it yet he's had a few seasons to do it and he hasn't but you know so that's the reason why the camara comp like he still has to gain 10 pounds before he could do that 10 15 pounds uh, so that's the only issue there right so He's going to have to be a bit of an outlier if he's going to stick at this weight, this size, and you know this size, and be a, a huge fantasy player for you, right? Yeah. Um, he is capable of doing that because he's so good in the receiving game out of the backfield, and obviously in PPR leagues, that's going to be a huge boost for you. Um, how are you looking at at him? Like, what is his role in the NFL? Do you see him as a potential every down player? I want to know what you think. Yeah, so you, you mentioned he kind of lacks that size and weight that uh, Kamara kind of has. And, you know, Kamara has always had a nose for the end zone, whether it's catching the ball or running the ball. Um, Gibbs, at his point, has never had a season for over 1,000 yards in college. So it, it, it does really remind me of Kamara at that aspect where Kamara will have, like, 
1,500 total yards, but neither of them will be over 1,000 when it comes to receiving or rushing. So that's really when it kind of starts to remind me. And then you see the tape on the elbows, and you're like, come on, dude. You're like At this point, you're just trying to be Alvin Kamara. Um, but Gibbs can really do it all. He's got four, three, six speed. I think what really stands out, you know, you mentioned the pass catching, but he's also got really quick feet. He can make guys miss um, natural hands. Uh, he's good at following his blockers. He broke it at 18 years old, great vision down the field. Um, he does lack some of that power, which again comes to his lack of uh, weight and kind of just overall strength. And that's, and that's going to hurt when it comes to running up the middle. It's going to hurt when it comes to short yardage. Uh, I mean, also his pass protection. Tell me if I'm going crazy here, but I don't think it was anything crazy in pass protection. I was hoping that he would be a little better because I think that's going to hold him back, especially when we look at a pass catching running back. You think of a third down back. If he's not the one sitting in that backfield, you know, helping letting receivers get open and giving his quarterback more time to throw, then what is he going to be doing on third downs? Um, you know, yeah, his frame, his, his frame can be an issue. Yeah. It seems like his frame is going to be an issue when it comes to pass protection. Um, you know, so that's something that, you know, coach is going to have to figure out, you know, on, you know, when he gets into the NFL, like, is he going to be that guy to be on the field on third and 15 on third and 10? A lot of fantasy value does come, you know, in those situations. Now, it is sure. possible in, in those shorter range, third and four, third and five, third and six, where he's on the field. But in those, you know, other situations, it could be like a Joe Mixon situation where a guy like Samaje P. Ryan comes in, you know, and takes over, right? So pass blocking is key in those situations. Um, and like you said, you know, on early downs, you know, he isn't amazing. I think he's solid. I think he's above average as a runner. Um, you know, he's not a guy who is going to, you know, kill you with power. But, you know, he does have a little bit of after contact ability uh, in terms of uh, him making guys miss. He is, you know, way above average there. He's not near the top of the league there either. Um, but in the receiving game, in open space, um, running routes, soft hands, like you mentioned, that's where his bread and butter is going to be, right? Yeah. If you look at his yards per route run this past season, second among all power five running backs with at least 50 targets um, in 2021 first in yards per route run minimum 40 targets as a freshman in 2020 first in yards per route run and these are crazy numbers dude 3.24 yards per route run in 2020 3.03 yards per route run in 2021 remember when we said that bj robinson was a good receiver coming out the backfield oh yeah he was he was only at like 1.5 you know, both years. And I consider that good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like Jameer Gibbs is doubling that, you know, on a per route run basis. So, you know, that, you know, and this is at two different schools also, you know, keep in mind. Right. Yes. So that's another thing to consider where regardless of where he goes, these coaches are using him uh, in the receiving game. Uh, second, all time, you know, if you're looking at, you know, a yards per route run uh, since 2014, he was second among all players since then in yards per route run. CMC was number one in 2015. So we're talking about that level of a receiver here. So for fantasy, like Jameer Gibbs, like I'm hoping if he lands on the Chiefs, dude, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Like, That's it's, dude, it's going to be amazing. And when was the last time that Andy Reid had a receiving running back, like a legit like obviously Jerry McKinnon was able to do his thing, but like listen, if you get Jameer Gibbs back there, man, sheesh. 
And that doesn't necessarily take away from Pacheco either, because Pacheco's one of the hardest runners in the NFL. I mean, you can keep him as like the short yardage, like early down kind of guy, and he can still have success. And then Gibbs can kind of come in and be that third down guy. Like, I mean, both Gibbs, I mean, I'm sorry, both uh, McKinnon and Pacheco both had value last year. McKinnon at one point was like a weekly must start. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of potential if Gibbs does land in Kansas City. I, I could really see tough. that being a reason why the Chiefs would be okay grabbing someone like yeah. Gibbs because they have somebody like Pacheco who they could use on early downs. You know, Pacheco, I think, would lose value, obviously, if 100%. you know Gibbs were to be there. Um, I, I also am of the opinion that Pacheco can be completely replaced and like they won't miss anything. Um, but sure. you know, I think at the same time, like I think that would be a great landing spot for Gibbs because he can get like you know six, seven catches. Like I think fifteen to eighteen touches is probably where he's going to be at ideally right yeah. i don't think it's going to go more than that um unless you know you never know maybe he can bulk up a little bit that would be nice but uh but yeah like you know like this dude you know he's a get in space type of guy like he's not a traditional running back but like he got the juice he got the juice um i think one thing about him is like you know when you watch him play the acceleration is really you know what what is super intriguing about him because when he sees the hole he can just shoot right up in that hole and he could take it to the house. And that's one of the things where you're like, all right, on the Chiefs offense, like where everyone's worried about Patrick Mahomes is what, and what he's going to do. Uh, and But then I'm like, dude, like which wide receivers are they, are they guarding? Or like, who are they? But, you know, I, I was talking to Matt Harmon, you know, on his podcast and he, I was basically like, yo, it's like they're taking receivers away from Patrick Mahomes every year just to see how good he is. <laughs> like, that's kind of how I feel, like what's happening here. Like took away Tyreek. All right, boom. Like now, now you keep taking away receivers. McCall Harmon's gone. Juju's gone. You know, now all he has is Travis Kelsey. And what is he going to do now? You know, are they going to get D Hop? Who knows? We'll see. I think they have but, to wait, take away Travis Kelsey for science. I think they do. And see, see what Patrick Mahomes does. <laughs> Still 40, a 40 touchdown season for him. All right, moving on. Let me ask you a question, man. Do you have Zach Charbonnet as your RB3 behind these two guys? So I don't have a formal ranking. But I will say that there is a gap after Gibbs. Yes. And I I think I have Charbonnet at three right now. But the gap between Charbonnet and the ones behind him is not big. I agree. I agree with you. So, like, we talked earlier about, like, you know, one, two, and three. Charbonnet kind of feels like – who was that guy from a couple years ago? Isaiah Spiller. Uh, When he went to the Chargers, there was kind of like – he was the consensus RB3 – because sure. everything he did, he did well, but nothing jumped out. Like nothing right. about Isaiah Spiller was like, okay, this guy's next level. But it was like, he did the pass protection well. You know, he can catch passes. He can kind of do it all. He's like a, a decent running back, but there was nothing that stood out. That's kind of, that's like the comp for me, not like player comp, but, you know, prospect comp in terms of like, that's why he's my third running back. He just kind of does everything well. And I'll let you get more into it but that's just kind of like my feeling i I think i think he's a better prospect than spiller was i think i think spiller like he was okay like he like i think he's the guy who like didn't stand out too much i think charbonnet he stands out in different ways um and i think there's a little subtleness to his game um now i I do want to say that like you know he's obviously you know in terms of like his receiving ability I, I think that he he caught a lot of balls in college. He was used a lot in that in, in the receiving game, but he wasn't efficient there, right? And like yeah. I, I don't look at when I when I'm 
uh, charting these guys and when I'm projecting them for the next level, like they need to be efficient on top of the volume that they got, right? Like anybody can get volume. UCLA trusted him with volume in the receiving game. But like for me, that doesn't mean mean much. Like, yes, your target share and like all that, like that matters, but like you need to be efficient with it. So he wasn't, which is why I think that he could be solid in the receiving game, like kind of like a David Montgomery. And yeah. honestly, like David Montgomery is kind of like what what uh, who I think of, uh, not in terms of style, but more like in terms of like a little bit of, like size, ability, that sort of thing. That's kind of kind of who I think about. Maybe a little bit of a smaller AJ Dillon, right? That's kind of who I think about as well. My comp for him was uh, like early career Carlos Hyde. Just I like can see that big bulking back with some receiving ability, but you don't think of as pass catcher. You know what I mean? Right. Right, exactly. And like like that season with Carlos Hyde, like he was that was one of the most inefficient receiving seasons by a running back ever. But Kyle Shanahan just like <laughs> just was just like, you know, all, nonstop just checking it down to him because they had no receivers to work with uh in that system. Um but yeah, man, like like he looks like he's like a tank, right? He has some moves, like he's good at breaking tackles. So, you know, in twenty twenty two, right, he had a good season in terms of yards after contact. Like among all Running backs with 190 or more carries, he was second, only behind Bijan in yards after contact per attempt. Um, and then in 2021, he was really, really good at making guys miss, like in terms of forced missed tackles per attempt. He was second, also behind Bijan. You know, as long as you know you, you you he meets that threshold there. So like, you know, he has the ability to to do both there. Um, and in terms of yards per route run, like I mentioned, wasn't amazingly efficient. He did get better his senior year, but just keep, keep in mind, this guy is not an early declare. Like he is coming out after his senior year. He was not at the senior bowl. Uh, was he at the shrine bowl? I don't think he was. Uh, I think he got, he got, uh, invited to the senior bowl, but he, he didn't, he didn't go. So it's one of those things where, you know, he's a good running back. He could be a very good early down back, you know, one amazing season in yards of the contact, one amazing season in force missed tackles. But I don't think that. You know, this guy is going to be like an elite running back or anything like that. But at the same time, he has the ability to be a very, very good early down back in the NFL. So I do like him as my number three. And the reason why I have him there, you know, and he, the reason why he can separate himself a little bit from the other guys, even though he wasn't like amazingly efficient in the past game, is because at least he got the volume, right? At least he was yeah. trusted enough in that aspect of the game where, you know, he's not like a route runner, but at least he can be dependable on screens he could be dependable with dump offs and i think i think that matters a little bit right like he he is capable like of a 40 to 50 catch season kind of like david montgomery yeah it it would be like end of the season where like this guy had 43 catches when the hell did that even happen (laughs) and then he has like two or three games where it's like you know forced dumped off screens for like five or six yards at a time and you're like oh that's that's i remember that um, but yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. I, I think what really stands out for me with Charbonnet is so he has the size, obviously six foot two fourteen. But what really impressed me about Zach Charbonnet was like the way he bounces off defenders, shed tacklers. It's like he was dragging piles. Uh, he, he is not easy to take down. But at the same time, given that size, given that strength. I didn't see a lot of like lowering the shoulders, Burton, you know, like when, when you look at, I, I keep talking about Isaiah Pacheco only because he's just one of my favorite running backs to watch in terms of like how aggressive he is when he has the ball and how he'll lower his shoulder. He'll like give up his life for like an extra three yards. Like I don't, I, I really see none of that with Zach Charbonnet. I see kind of like a, okay, you know, I'm just going to take 
you know, take the ball, run as much as I can, and that's kind of it. I don't see him, like, lowering his shoulder and powering through for extra yards. That's just not the kind of guy that he is, and that's fine. But I guess that's the part it, for me. It's so funny. Like, dude, um, you, you know, know what's I mean? so – I'm looking at my notes right now, and I'm looking yeah. – and I and I have lowers his shoulder effectively. I have it listed here twice. <laughs> So like it looks like it looks like me and you have like different. I, I guess we were probably watching different games, maybe. Um, but yeah, no, I have it written down here where he's like he's actually lowering his shoulders effectively. That's what I wrote a couple <laughs> times. So I love it. I love yeah. the I love the differing opinion on the same player, uh, and it's like polar opposites. I love it. Um, yeah. All right. So so now after this, like it's kind of a crapshoot, right? We, we mentioned in terms of where the NFL is going to be drafting these guys, sure. right? And, and before we get into, you know, who we like after these two, can, can, can you talk about Zach Evans a little bit? By the way, like, he has a he had a hamstring injury, so no pro day for him. And Devon A-Chain, like, these are two players who I think I'm lower on than consensus. Um, you know, these are two guys who could go off the board on day two. I've seen a lot of mocks with these two going, you know, off the board, board earlier than I thought yeah. they should be. Uh, and with the draft, with the potential draft capital, this should be worth more for fantasy too. But from a talent evaluation standpoint, it's hard for me to get excited for either of these guys. I think Evans could be a good running back, but he hasn't shined to me. Or, you know, either the last two seasons, Devon A Chain, I think he's an exciting back to watch. There's no doubt about that, right? He got the moves, four three two at the combine, but he's five eight, 188 pounds. Like yeah. he's gonna have to be a serious <laughs> outlier. Uh, for me to think he's going to be a major fantasy contributor, right? And on top of that, he actually wasn't the most efficient back to begin with in college in the receiving game or the run game. So am I missing something with these guys? Yeah, so with, with Devin, I mean, uh, the one thing I saw with him is, first of all, it's just it's just speed, right? That's really all it is. It's just pure speed. Uh, you know, you did some track, I believe, uh, in high school and college. And at the same time, he um, – was that someone else or was that him? Maybe I'm crazy. All my notes are fucked up at this point. But he's fast. That's the point here. And it's funny because when you see him bounce off of a defender or, you know, hopefully bounce off a defender, after he makes contact, he gets back to that top speed in, like, a second. It's like you see him on a kick return, like, run into someone, cut left, and then he's off. The same top speed that he just had when he was running out with the ball. So I think that's really interesting with Devin. Um, but, you know, obviously there's the struggles of with his size. You're not going to get him between the tackles. You're not going to get him short yardage, uh, even pass catching. I was kind of disappointed. I didn't think he was all that great when it came to pass catching. A little inconsistent. He's going to be forced to the outside more. He was terrible in pass protection. I don't know if you have any notes on that, but he was. He's, he's, he's not outside. he's not a pass protector. He's not a pass protector. Pass and like, even when it was like tasked with him to do so, whether it's like rubbing a defender, I literally saw a play where the defender was like, you know, engaging with the offensive line. And he runs by him. He like, uh, like, you know, like, yeah, like barely touches him. <laughs> and keeps going. Why even do that at that point? Just keep running. Right. Like, he's just wasting time. Um, so it was just very low effort pass protection, uh, chipping. You know, it's just, yeah. So it, it's just speed. That's all you're getting with Devin. Speed. Yeah, no, I hear that. You know, I, I I think he's a good runner. I would say, like, you know, even like the, the the thing that you mentioned about after the contact, getting back up onto that speed, he has for his size, his contact balance is really good, right? Yeah. Um, and you mentioned the inconsistency in the receiving game last year. 
there were uh there were 30 power five running backs with at least 30 targets. He was 30th. He was dead last in yards per route run. But in 2021, 1.94 yards per route run. Really good. So which version of A-Chain are we going to see uh, in the NFL? And what is his role going to be? It's very possible that his role ends up being a scat back, change of pace guy that you're basically running, you know, on those third and long draws, you know, that sort of thing. Make sure you get him in space, you know, so that's, that's my concern. So from a fantasy standpoint, I don't see what his ceiling can be. Kick returner. <laughs> yeah. And he's a good, he's, he's a, he's a damn, he, damn good one too. Yeah. You know, so, so I guess I'm not too crazy then, you know, but I've seen, you know, he's considered a weapon, right. And I've seen, uh, you know, him knocked to the third round in drafts. You know, we, we've seen teams draft based purely on speed in the past before. That wouldn't surprise yeah. me. I mean, we, we, we see it every year. It's like the guy runs a four two two forty John Ross. Um, and then it's like, let's take him early. And then he just doesn't develop and, you know, turns into whatever. But yeah, you know, because if you have speed, you figure you can kind of teach the rest. And if you can right. teach the rest with that speed, you're in a really good spot. But a lot of times, you know, there's weight, there's size, there's whatever that all contribute to why they have that kind of speed. So it doesn't always work out. Now, I think after Gibbs, we have one guy who was trusting the receiving game, right? Like, but we're not sure that the NFL is going to use him that way in Charbonnet. Um, and then we have a bunch of early down guys who could be sure. very productive at the next level to me. Um, and that's Kendra Miller, Tank Bigsby, and Dwayne McBride. Um, I'll get I'll get to Rashawn Johnson in a second, um, but are there are there any other backs uh, who you like more than these guys that I just mentioned? So I, I was gonna start oozing at Rashawn Johnson, but you kind of put a pin in that, so I'll hold on to that. Uh, Ty J Spears is a guy that we'll probably talk about in a bit, but one guy who I really want to talk about and I actually made a post about him is Izzy Abanaconda. Am I saying that last name right? I hope so. You I are. Heard it enough you are. Time. You are. <laughs> so the thing I love about Izzy is he's at a pit, first of all. He had 1,400 yards and 21 touchdowns um, in his last year at Pitt. He had a 130 yards per game in his last season. He had a 46.5% college dominator rating. Uh, he's got great size, 5'11", 216. It's, it's, for me, it's the speed and it's the burst. He's a two-time 100-meter gold medalist. Uh, this is not in the Olympics. This is at a New York City Cup race, but still, you know, winning any kind of award for 100-meter is great for a running is back. He, is, he, is he a New Yorker? Um, I have to look that up now because if he's a yeah. New Yorker, I'm, I'm, moving, I'm moving him up my rankings. Moving him up. Moving him up. <laughs> um, sure. Oh, he was, is he, he was born in Brooklyn. There you go. What's up, Izzy? What's up, oh, Izzy? okay. All right, I'm, I'm gonna hit him up. I'm gonna hit him up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna DM him. All right, Brooklyn, New York, October fifth, two Oh, he went to Lincoln oh, High no. School. He went to Lincoln High School. Good for him. All right, okay. anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got no, you're good. But the thing with Izzy is like, he makes one cut and he's gone. Right. So you hand the ball off to him. He, you know, he's going to the outside. There's an opening in the offensive line. He makes that cut and nobody is catching Izzy. Like, it is unbelievable watching him play. I, I loved watching film on him. He's got the speed. He's got the burst. He's got great contact balance. He hits those holes hard. 
uh, great vision down the field too to get past that second level. Um, he, he didn't have much in the receiving game. He's not going to plow through. You know, he's not a power back per se. Um, but again, like it's just that's the kind of like special ability that you look for in these running backs, or at least that I look for. And I think that's something that he kind of has that a lot of other running backs don't. It's that you've, one you, you've been you've probably been watching a lot of his 20, 20, 2021 tape. You know, 2022 for me, like it wasn't amazing. He had the production. <laughs> right and like for sure but efficiency wise dude like he was not that guy okay like if you look at all two, all power five running backs who had 200 or more carries there were 17 of them he was 15th of 17 yards after contact per attempt uh in 20 and then in terms of missed tackles forced per rush and i know you mentioned that like most of the stuff that you you love about him is the fact that one cut off tackle gone yeah. So there's no opportunity for force missed tackle there. There's no opportunity for after contact there because he's already gone, yeah. right? So so that's that makes sense. Um, but in terms of missed tackles force, like 29th of 36 running backs uh, with 200 or more carries last year. So he was much more efficient when he didn't have volume in 2021, right? He was uh, in a, at a much higher percentile in terms of yards after contact and missed tackles force, which is, I think he profiles that way. Right, kind of sure. like, you know, a Raheem Mostert type of back. You know, somebody who my exact comp to him actually. There you go. I love it. So there you go. So my and then my other concern with Izzy is that he's going to be a day three pick. It seems like consistently I'm seeing yep. rounds five and six for him, and if that's the case, then he's going to have an uphill battle. But for sure, that that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be labeling him as a sleeper, right? Because he's somebody that could. If he's if he if he gets if he lands in a system where they're using primarily outside zone run, right? I can see the Bears, the Bears potentially picking him up. I can see that happening. Um, I can see there's a couple other teams that I could see him landing where you're like, okay, outside zone, I like it, right? Lot, and I, and I don't see any team who doesn't run a lot of outside zone, a lot of wide zone, picking him up because I yeah. agree with you. I think he's that type of back. He's not like a you know between the tackles type of guy. So, um, yeah, so I, I agree there. I think there is some, some, uh, some ability there. My only concern that, you know, day three pick, you know, for fantasy, should he, should he be on your radar, um, you know, in round three of your rookie drafts, late, you know, non-superflex rookie drafts, assuming, you know, you, there's a lot more quarterbacks taken early. Yeah, yeah, he should be. I, I, I think he should be. So someone to keep an eye out going to Joe. I love it. I yeah. love it. That's and I also one. want to add that there was a lot of times where I did see him get tackled in the backfield. And I'm sure that kind of, you know, messed up a lot of his stats in terms of yards after contact and things like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, some of that has to do with the offensive line. Some of that has to do with the blocks not being there and things like that. Um, and again, he doesn't have that power to like break every single tackle. If he gets wrapped up, he's going to go down. Um, but still, you know, it, it's that one hit, you know, that one cut wonder kind of thing that like, that's just the kind of thing that makes him special. That's the thing I'm looking for. That's one of the reasons why we like Elijah Mitchell coming out because he was a, he was the same type of back, right? Yeah. Um, and and you see you see the success that Elijah Mitchell had early in, in his career. So you and never know if these if these day three guys get opportunity early, you know they could be very fantasy relevant over the first one to two years of their career. Um, let's see. So moving on. Roche. Moving on. Roche. Where was I? I don't even know where I am here. Now, <laughs> of this next tier that I mentioned, mm-hmm. dude, I, I'm 
I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Miller. Like he's 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 one of my my favorite bats, Kendra Miller. Um, and and I think it's it's one of those things where like you know I'm just looking at him play. I'm just like, why isn't that many people talking about this guy? Like that's kind. I kind of feel like I'm on an island when it comes to him. Like I really have him behind Charbonnet because I'm like, all right, well Charbonnet was used in the receiving game, was trusted there. But I really like Miller as one of the best runners in this class, and I think he's being undervalued right now. Um, he's recovering from an MCL injury, which is why he skipped out in the combine uh, on the pro day. Uh, I'm just hoping that he could be a day two pick, you know, to help you know in that pursuit of him being a, an important asset to a team, henceforth being a, a, a legit fantasy asset as well. Like, do, do you have any thoughts about him at all? So I, you know, I was watching him. I I, I saw some good things. I, I don't think I'm oozing over him. Uh, I kind of feel like he lacks some of the power. His top, he's got pretty good speed, but he doesn't have like that elite level speed. Um, right. Short yardage. I don't think he was great. Uh, pass game. You know, he's all right. He he needs some work over there. And he kind of has this weird running style. Uh, it's cream like hunt. a scatter type of run. Yeah, cream it, hunt, it, I kind of saw a bit of Kareem Hunt in that. Like yeah, a little, little bit. He's like a he's like a bigger <laughs> he's like a bigger Kareem Hunt. I call it like a sweet feet. You know, like a scatter right. run, sweet feet kind of and, thing. And he, and he uses his hands all the time. Like his hands are always yeah. in the air. You know, it's just like Kareem Hunt. It's like when he's like moving, like when he wants to get around a guy, like he puts his hands up, and it's like he's like <laughs> using the air to like push him a certain way. Aerodynamics. You know, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, 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 I think he's in in contention for being the best runner outside of Bijan in this class, man. Like I don't know, like he got big playability. Like he can make guys miss he downfield. Does. Like he's crafty, um, you know. Yeah. And the production was there. Like you know, if you look at yards after contact, Bijan Robinson, you know, among among running backs with two hundred or more carries, Bijan was number one among power f- among the power five and Kendrick Miller was number two. And the year in 2021, um, he only had, you know, 80 something carries that year, but he was number one in yards after contact per attempt among all power five running backs. Um, and then missed tackles force fifth among 32 power, f- power five running backs with 200 more carries. People miss for sure. Dude, not only in the, in the open field, but you know, behind, behind the line too. Um, and he has that subtleness where, you know, he kind of, he can pick a hole and he changes direction at the second level, which is huge. Like opposed to changing, like opposed to already having to get to the third level, which is a lot easier to make guys miss. But when you get to the second level and then you're one-on-one with a linebacker and then you can make that linebacker miss, like you're going to hit big plays. And he's literally been one of the best big play guys. Like, in terms of 15-yard runs, last season, among all running backs with 200 or more carries, he had the sixth highest rate of 15 or more yard carries. So, you know, he's getting those chunk plays. So, like, there's a lot about this guy that I like. Um, like you mentioned, like, the receiving game is a huge question mark. Like, he was efficient with it two years ago, but he only had, like, 12 catches that year. So, <laughs> it's, it's not like it's, like, a, something you could depend on, right? Um, so, you could just chalk it up to being a zero in the pass game for now. Um, but in terms of, you know, the run game, like, I think this guy has something, man. And, you know, I don't know if he's going to be a day, day two pick. Uh, it seems like he, like, there's, I would say it's a 60 percent chance 65 percent chance that he's a day two pick and i'm hoping for it man because i want to see him get a role and get some get a featured role somewhere 
You know, I think a, a place like Dallas could make sense for him. You know, Tony, you know, him, you know, him and Tony Pollard, you know, obviously people who have Tony Pollard don't want, don't want to hear that, you know, especially after me gushing over him, but you know, Pollard's mm-hmm. not going to be there next year. Let's be honest. Like he's not going to get a yeah. long-term deal by Dallas. I don't think he will. So they're going to need another back to kind of, um, you know, revolve around who knows that they, they could still get Bijan, right? Keep Bijan in Texas. You never know. Um, but yeah, man, like, I don't know. He, he's a guy that, um, that I, I, I like a lot in this draft. Now, I really want to get your opinion between the, my next – the two guys that I want to talk about, Tank Bigsby and Dwayne McBride. They're kind of yeah. neck and neck for me, man. Like, I think McBride is easily the best non-power five running back in this class. Um, you know, his contact balance is ridiculous. Um, maybe the best in this class. But I, I wish I could see what he could do against better competition, right? That's really my concern with him. Exactly. Um, right? And, like – and that might be why I preferred Tank over him. Um, but at least McBride stood out by a lot in the group of five. And, and that's what you want. If you're going to see – if you're going to, like if, – if a running back is not in the power five, you he better, like, really stand out in his group of conferences, which he did. Um, and by the way, he's not running at his pro day either because of a hamstring injury. injury. So hopefully that, that doesn't hurt his stock. Uh, but something to, to keep in mind. Like, what are your thoughts on these two guys? So Dwayne McBride specifically, you wanted to say like you you wanted to see how he would do against better competition. Um, well, I, I kind of did that in his game against LSU. I don't know if you saw the film on that game. He had a touchdown, but otherwise he he basically got shut down. I mean, he just couldn't get anything broken off. Uh, he he did not look great in that game, and uh, you know there's a lot of issues with his burst um, and that kind of thing. But again, it's the contact balance. It's like once he gets to the second level that's really where he starts winning. And when I looked at his stats, uh, 1,700 yards in his last year, 19 touchdowns, 10 receiving yards. I don't even know how you accidentally only get <laughs> 10 receiving. Like, that just kind of seems like an accident. Like, I saw him. If I'm not pass. mistaken, yeah, he has if five catches mistaken. in his college career. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, obviously a minus there. But, um <laughs> And, and that's kind of like what what alarmed me with Wayne McBride is like seeing him struggle against LSU, just like a good, you know, a better team than what he's used to facing. And then watching that translate into the NFL where it's like every team is like 10 times better than LSU. I don't know. I, I, I have concerns about that. Um, but again, it, 1,700 yards, 19 touchdowns, that contact balance like you talked about. He doesn't really have any receiving. And, and, and again, it's not like he can't catch the ball he actually has decent hands if you've seen him do it it's just a matter of he just got none of it <laughs> five catches in his entire collegiate career so Dwayne McBride specifically not as high on you know and, and Tanks Bisbee uh I thought it was all right I you know not a guy I'm falling in love with he's got decent size he you know he he moves the pile like a tank there's so many times where I see like a crowd of people around him and it's like it's just moving and inching and inching and inching i'm like i know tanks in there somewhere just like churning his legs and moving that pile uh so he's great at that he's explosive we haven't seen any kind of 40 or anything from him yet i think he declined to take part in any of that so i'm excited to see what that turns up because uh, for his size and for his power i was kind of expecting him to be a little bit on the slower side but uh, from what i've seen he's got great explosiveness i just really want to see how that comes out on paper as well no, yeah, I hear that, man. Um, you know, I think I think Tank is a, a pretty good back. Like his twenty twenty season and his twenty twenty two season 
was really good. 2021 was a little bit of an off year for him, but in terms of yards after contact, missed tackles, fours, he was really, really good. So I think, you know, in, you know, he had good competition, right? So, like, when you compare him and McBride, I think you got to give the edge to Tank, the fact that he was able to produce yeah. well with volume. And then on top of that, you know, like, remember, his high-volume year was 2021. His efficiency did drop by a mile when he got over 200 carries. So that's something to keep in mind with him, um, which is probably why he's not going to be going in the second round. Uh, but he could still be a third, third round back, maybe a fourth round back. Um, but we'll see. You know, hopefully he gets, for his sake, he gets that, you know, third round draft capital and he'll be doing okay. Let's go for it, man. Let, let's hit Rashawn Johnson right now. Woo! Let's talk about him. Um, you know, he could be this year's Damian Pierce, man. Like, especially if he can get yeah. that day two draft capital, potentially, then he has a leg up over Damian Pierce, right? Both guys didn't get volume in college, but were extremely efficient. Um mm-hmm. There were 98 power five running backs uh, with 90 or more carries this past season. He was sixth in yards after contact per attempt. In 2021, he was 10th among 94 qualifying power five, power five running backs. Um, missed tackles forced per attempt. Second among 191 Ooh. FBS running backs with 90 or more carries last year in 2021. Fifth among 187 running backs with 90 or more carries. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think he has a little bit to offer in the receiving game as well. He's capable there, right? Over one yard per route run each of the last two seasons. So, you know, nothing crazy, but capable. I'm guessing that you think that he should be somebody we should be paying attention to. He was just stuck behind B. John Robinson, right? So, like, what's up? So, it's it's like I talked about – Zach Charbonnet being a third and the gap behind him, you know, not being much. Roshan is my fourth. And it, it's it you have to look past the lack of production because of Bijan Robinson. Like you have to understand that Bijan Robinson is just that good that Roshan. I mean, if if Roshan had a full starting, like if he was a starter for, for a team. I think there's a chance we're talking about Roshan being the second or third best running back in this class, probably second. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like, so if you if you say like in your imaginary mind, like okay, he has a thousand yards last season, a thousand yards the season before. All of a sudden, you're looking at his tape and you're like, this guy's a freaking stud. Mm-hmm. He is like, okay, so he's my favorite running back in the class. He can do everything you want. He can do pass protection. He's an aggressive runner, which is kind of uh, I keep going back to Isaiah Pacheco, but like he's got that kind of grit when it comes to like fighting for extra yards. Um, he's very aggressive in that sense. He's hard to take down. He's got surprisingly good footwork. I mean, he's six foot two twenty. Like he can he can move. Um, great pass catcher, as you mentioned. Uh, stiff arms, got the balance, and he's even good at blocking. He's great pass protection, and we've seen a couple plays where he kind of acted as a fullback uh, for Bijan as well, where he would run in front of him, knock a guy out, and then Bijan's off another 10, 15 yards for a touchdown, whatever it is. So. Yeah, and, you know, the thing against Roshan, I guess, would be his top-end speed. Like, you know, when he gets to that second level, in the NFL, there's going to be DBs and whatever that are faster than him. They may not be able to take him down, but, you know, that that's probably, other than the low production, the only thing that's holding him back. But still, I mean, he's got everything you want in a running back. He's 22 years old, which also, I guess, could be a little alarming. He's a little older. You know, a lot of these guys are 19, 20, 21. Um, but again, I, he, he's my favorite. And not the best, my favorite. 
Yeah, man. I mean, I think I think Roshan, like if he like like you said, if he got volume, he could have been that dude. Um very efficient. And I feel like he could have maintained that efficiency with some volume. Like he reminds me a lot. I love Damian Pierce last year, but uh he didn't get more than a hundred carries <laughs> last season or the year yeah. before at Florida. And then you have someone like Roshan, same type of situation. But the difference is, like we said, potential day two draft capital. A lot of these GMs are looking like they they like Roshan, so you know yeah. it's looking like he could potentially be that day two pick, and that would be that would be awesome for him. And I refuse uh, and, to oh, believe oh, that gonna... all the NFL GMs are that stupid to like pass up on him. By the way, I think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I, I think so. And you know what? It, it kind of sucks that you know I went to the Senior Bowl. You know, we only got to see him on day one of the sure. Senior Bowl because he broke his wrist. Um, at the Senior Bowl on day one, he still he, apparently he broke it early in practice, and then he just kept playing on it. <laughs> uh, and then he he was make he was like catching he was catching balls, he was making blocks, like he was doing a lot with a broken wrist. So good for him. Um, but yeah, man, like he, he's he's I'm I'm rooting for the guy. I'm hoping that you know he can potentially get have a good career in the NFL. Um, and yeah, man, like can we talk about a few sleepers? You know, guys who might be day three picks. Uh, who could potentially elevate, you know, to a top, you know, near the top of a depth chart at some point, especially that first one or two years, um, you know, besides. So obviously you talked about Izzy, you know, he could potentially be that guy for you. Um, I do want to mention a couple of versatile backs. OK, so, you know, before we hit those sleepers, just want to let you guys know, like, who is potentially a decent enough pass catcher and decent enough on early downs where they could potentially be this guy that that gets plugged into a situation when a lead back goes down, something to pay attention to. Okay. There's a few guys here. Um, I think Tajay Spears, right. Keep an eye on him. He could be a day two pick. He was at the senior bowl. He killed it. He was probably one of the, he was probably the best running back at the senior bowl, opened up a lot of eyes, a lot of hype around him. Okay. I'm trying to get him on the podcast. Okay. Uh, I'm hoping that I can get him on the podcast soon with some sometime this month. I know that I'm making it's not it's not a promise, but <laughs> I think I think it's going to happen. Um, but he's good. some he, he's somebody he's somebody to 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 look out for. Um, Eric Gray um, is somebody that you want to look out for in terms of him being very good in the, in the past game. Uh, he's a decent enough runner. Kenny McIntosh as well could be a day two pick. Keep an eye out for him. He he's out of Georgia, one of the better pass catchers in this draft. Uh, he has not dropped a ball his entire college career, uh, and he's very efficient in the receiving game. Evan Hull, somebody who could potentially get drafted fifth, sixth round. Um, he's a very, very, very good receiver. Not as good in the pa- in the run game. He did have a pretty fast 40, so that, that's, that might bump him up a little bit in a lot of GM's minds. Um, and I think Muhammad Ibrahim, somebody that, you know, he tore his Achilles in 2021, uh, but he's just a good back to me, man. Like, he, he's he's a power back. Um, but he's somebody that is really, really good after contact. Uh, it could be like a Jordan Howard type of guy. That's kind of how I look at him. Uh, but he could be a day two pick. The 2021 Achilles is really going to set him back a little bit. Um, but listen, he came back in 2022 and he killed it, man. He was efficient even last year, which is absolutely awesome to see. Um, but it doesn't seem like he's going to get day two draft capital. Just curious, any of those names, you know, do anything for you? Are you curious about any of these guys? Are you a little higher on any of these guys than consensus? Uh, Tajay Spears. I, I, I like Tajay Spears. And, you know, he's kind of a popular name uh, as of recent. You mentioned how good he did at the Senior Bowl, kind of sparked some of those conversations. Um, but, you know, smaller frame uh, towards ACL in 2020. 
So again, you know, had to make his way back from that. Um, but I mean, 6.9 yards per carry in college, broke it at 18 years old, just got elite speed and burst, kind of similar to Izzy, like I was talking about before, that breakaway speed. Uh, he's a fantastic pass catcher. Uh, we, we talked about, you know, other guys behind Gibbs who could potentially be that good of a pass catcher. Uh, I think Spears kind of merits that um, in terms of he was running routes. Uh, he's he great on uh, the screens, especially with that speed. He's not going to be the guy you want running through the middle, although, you know, 5'10", 201, it's not like that. It's ruled out from him either. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like Tajay Spears. He's got great hands and talk about guys potentially day three that can have some value. You can catch passes like he can, maybe some potential as a returner as well. Like that's the kind of thing that teams will draft in the third round and give those players a chance. I agree. I think he plays a lot bigger than his size. Um, you know, he's yeah. going to be have to be he's going to have to be a little bit of an outlier as well. Like you said, his size 5'11", 201, not ideal, but it's not absolutely terrible, right? It's not a game breaker. It's not a deal breaker for me. Um, you know, y'all got the contact. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you know who he reminds me of in who? Austin Eckler. Yeah, Austin I Eckler, can see it. Five foot ten, two hundred one. Tajay Spears, five foot ten, two hundred. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Extremely efficient, by the way. Yeah. Each of the last two years, like very efficient in all in all categories, breakaway percentage as well. Second highest among all running backs last year. Um, so he's a like you said, a good pass catcher. So yeah, somebody to definitely look out for. Hoping that he can get that day two draft capital because that will alleviate some of those size concerns for Absolutely. you in terms of a debt dynasty asset. Um, but that's that's really all we got, guys. Want to kind of hit. Uh, you know, those guys at a high level, you know, uh, my, my draft kit is going to be coming out very soon. We're going to be going into a lot of detail. These guys are going to be ranked. We're going to have, you know, all the dynasty rankings for you, sample mock drafts for 2023 rookie drafts and all that kind of stuff to help you out in your in your rookie drafts. Just overall to kind of get a better feel for these prospects. Um, but, Joe, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for hopping on um, again. Please tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at fantasy.football.analyst. You will not find me on TikTok. That might be banned. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you can, you can find me on Instagram. I don't do a lot of TikTok. All right, man. Yeah. Appreciate you. Uh, we're at Upper Hand Fantasy. Find us there. Hit us with a DM or something. Until then, though, see you guys later. Appreciate you guys listening. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. See you.